You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Thursday the 29th of June, and for the first time in a long time, it's pouring with rain here in TW11, set to clear a little later on. Lots to get through today, including a look ahead to the Irish Derby and the pretty poly stakes, and also a few key defections for the July Cup. Frankie Dottori has his appeal against his suspension for careless riding heard a little bit later today. Plus, we'll be heading to South Africa to pick up all the latest news ahead of the Durban July. But first of all, to Ireland, we head to the Derby Sale, to the Tattersalls Ireland Derby Sale, where we find our very own Jane Mangan. Am I allowed to call you our very own Jane Mangan? I'm not sure. I think there's probably ownership rights there somewhere. I feel like I'd be split into slices of apple pie if people start owning me. But here we are, sat beside the breakfast booth. I'm going to get my uh, porridge in a moment. Um, but we started off the first of two days yesterday. And you know what? There was faces of jubilation and there was faces that were of a little more sober nature. Uh, these foals, if anybody can recall, the COVID year were quite expensive foals. And... There was plenty of work being done on the ground by vendors yesterday and the buyers were, I, I, I met plenty of them who said it was difficult, but I did have to remind them, just remember what these horses cost three years ago. And it's um, it's sticky. Compared to last year, the clearance rate is, is down to 79% from 91 uh, the aggregate is, is down 13%, or 13%, yeah, and the average is down 5 but the median probably most pertinently is down 17%. But that's just day one. Um, there was a couple of fireworks, of course, we mentioned on the pod a couple of days back, uh, the Dr. Dino out of Starface, making him the half-brother to Duvan and um, and John Bon. He topped the table at 250 grand. You say, they say if you win in the ring, you win on the track. Well, if that is the case, then Britain are in for a resurgence because Ollie Murphy picked up two of the top three lots with his dad, Aidan Murphy, for 250 and 200,000. Tom Malone and Paul Nichols picked up the second top lot of Walk in the Park for 205. And Fergal O'Brien picked up the fourth top lot, a Dr. Dino, for 170. It wasn't until the uh, the, four, uh, the fifth top lot of lot 127. Harry Kirk and Willie Mullins got in on the action at 150,000 from Walter Connors. So uh, it was, as I say, it was a little bit patchy yesterday, but there's very good standard of stock here, as you would expect from Ireland's premier national hunt store sale. This is very interesting, the fact that, that British buyers were were topping the sale. Is this indicative of of more spending power or just a preparedness to spend more on a completely untried animal. I mean, you say that Willie Mullins got, what was it, the third or fourth top lot with, with Harold Kirk. You know that Willie Mullins is going to have absolutely loaded his yard full of uh, horses with with a little bit of form from France over the summer. Yes, yeah, so Willie Mullins rarely buys the top horses uh, at a store sale, but usually the top horses at store sales stay in Ireland, but not the case this, uh, well, yesterday, maybe today will be a different story. I, I do think the UK trainers know that you need the investment. They've obviously lined up their owners to 
get aggressive and getting get the better horses. And it looks like the ones that everybody wanted yesterday are heading cross channel. But then you you slide down the down the the list a bit, and Paul Nichols is getting in, involved at a slightly lower level as well. Willie Mullins getting in at the 40, 50, 60 grand level. And um, of course, the point of point presence is is ever evident. Monbeg Stables, Milestone Bloodstock, the Doyles and Colin Bogue obviously um, reshuffling their cards, their deck for what won't be long coming around next year's point of point season. All right, well, here he is then, uh, British-based trainer Ollie Murphy. He plundered the Derby sale yesterday. He might do more today, but the half-brother to Duvan and John Bond was always going to be a hot ticket, as Jane was saying. And, uh, Ollie, what was, the, what was the feeling in the camp last night that, that you'd secured this, this absolutely prized pedigree? Yeah, no, listen, he was a, he was a lovely horse, Nick. He was the horse we wanted to, to come over and buy. Um, he's obviously got a, a fantastic pedigree. So, uh, listen, he's never had a saddle on his back, but uh, he's, he's all quality and hopefully he can follow the footsteps of his two half-brothers. All right, ped- pedigree's enough to sell him, but when you saw him as a as a physical specimen, just describe him to me. Oh, he's just a he's a real athlete. He looks like a horse that you're probably not going to have to wait two years for either. Um, he was he was all quality, so uh, yeah, he's got the, the the pedigree. He's got the got the walks. So uh, listen, hopefully he's lucky. He's um, he's a horse that, that, that that's got a special pedigree, and hopefully he can he can be a good racehorse. And whose silks is he going to run in? He is going to run for an existing owner of mine um, who, is, who is yet to be named, but uh, yeah, a prominent owner in my yard. So, uh, no, delighted to, delighted to buy the horse. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said, look forward to, to getting him back to, to Warren Chase. And you're, you're having a, a, good, a good dig at this, at this Derby sale as well. Just, just talk to me about what, what else you, you got yesterday. Yeah, we bought a Saint the Saint horse for uh, 200,000 as well, Nick. We bought a lovely Mutha here um, and, a, and a jukebox jewelry. And, there's another another good day of, of 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 lovely stores coming in today as well. So uh, listen, it's a it's a line I venture down, Nick. Um, it's so hard to, to to buy these form horses now. The the money they're making. So yes, we're we're giving a good throw for these horses. I'm raised by 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 good pedigrees. But uh, listen, everyone in the national hunt world knows how hard it is to buy horses with form once they've won a point to point or one in France. So we're kind of trying to go down this route, make them ourselves and uh, buy horse with good pedigrees and, and good actions and, and just keep my fingers crossed if it'll, if it'll work out. And have you got orders for all of them? Are they all sold before they're bought, if you see what I mean? Uh, yeah, so-so. Um, we're, we're quite plucky as well. So uh, I like to like to buy kind of eight or ten stores as well and get them home and, and, and find new clients for them. Um, some plenty of my, my good bumble horses last year, Sao Carlos, uh, in Diva Blue, Resplendent Grey. They were, they were bought out the sale last year for, for up to eight or 90000 So it's been a, been a lucky sale for us. Um, yes, we bought plenty of horses on spec and we've, we've owned uh, orders as well. So a good mixture and uh, nice, to, nice to add some quality to the yard. Thanks a lot, Ollie. Take care. Cheers, Nick. Well, the Tassels Ireland Derby sale, one of the great marquee auctions in, in Ireland. The great race this week is the, is the Irish Derby. And I wonder, Jane, the extent to which the presence of the Derby winner, August Rodin, and two of the horses who ran so well at Epsom, White Birch, who finished third, and Spreewell, who finished fourth, can give the Irish equivalent the, the shot in the arm that many people feel that it needs. It does need it, and the Curra needs it. I don't know if it will. He's a fantastic horse. It's brilliant to have the Epsom Derby winner here. But there is a certain feeling that it's almost a foregone conclusion. Yes, Prewell ran really well at Epsom, having not really handled the track, and I'd expect him to get closer. White Birch ran a very good race, having, you know, come from a long way back. 
But August Rodan comes in here as a one to three favourite. He's not really a backable proposition, is he? King of Steel was awesome at, at Royal Ascot. It's a pity that he doesn't reappose here. But uh, there's interesting, the Curra have played around with the Derby fixture. It was always of a Saturday afternoon. They moved it to Saturday evening. That didn't work. They went back to Saturday afternoon. But this year, for the first time in a very long time, we're running on a Sunday to try and rejuvenate, give it a little new lifeblood, if you will. I hope people come through the turnstiles, but now they're directly competing with some major GAA matches. And we're just half an hour outside the capital city of Dublin where those matches are taking place. So I, I am dubious. I'm not sure. It's a good race, but I know that because I'm a purist. From a public perspective, am I hearing it on the radio? No. Am I seeing it on the television adverts? Yes, but it's um, it's not getting the heart pumping yet. Okay, I'm I'm looking forward to coming. I must I must say, just uh, but maybe that is from a purist point of view. Maybe that's because I I feel like August Ronan at Epsom, we were just we were just you know scratching the surface, uh, and he could turn on the style in a big way at the Cara. And he, he could. Um, there's no doubt about that. And there's no doubt that the the fourth and third horse could improve. Knight to King is an interesting horse for Dermot Well. He's only had one run. He's the brother to Gay at the Homebred. And uh, Proud and Regal is no uh, foreign conclusion either. So I, I think it's a decent enough race. I think he's a star. I think he'll prove that. But I'm thinking from the Curra perspective, the atmosphere, the people coming in and enjoying themselves. I hope they come. I hope the sun shines because the Guineas was brilliant racing, brilliant weather. And the crowds were, let's be honest, a little bit meagre. So I hope that the Curra continue to build on uh, what, what could be a very good race. OK, uh, elsewhere at the Curra over the weekend, Jane, what are you looking forward to most? I'm I'm looking forward to the to the pretty poly on Saturday. Now I don't know the final field, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing if Cross Carberry, the filly that Lady Bamford bought, with the objective to win a Group One, if she could do that on only her second start in those colours, and if above above the curve, the Group One winner from last year for Joseph O'Brien, if she's going to line up, they're the main two. Throw in the likes of Trevenants. Uh, Goldana Insinuendo this would be her perfect track and trip for Willie McCreary that could be huge for him uh, Via Sestina for George Boy was obviously also impressive last time and stay alert for Huey Morrison is better than we saw last time then are we going to see quick turnaround from the Ribble Sale Phillies Lumiere Rock and Warmheart they're all left in at the final stage but uh, that's a very good race as it should be for a race worth uh, the purse that it is all right. Well, Jane was mentioning Ross Carberry there. I can't believe it's been a year since uh, she finished third past the post behind a stable companion, La Petite Coco and the Pretty Polly, and then got and then got DQ'd with all that schmuzzle with the weight cloth. Well, happily since then, it's been a pretty pretty good tale of success for for Ross Carberry. She's now in the colours of Lady Bamford, but she went back to trainer Paddy Toomey after she was after she was bought, and she won on her seasonal debut as well. Paddy's with me now. Um, I guess a score to settle of sorts in this race with her, with her Paddy. But I guess you're just happy that she's continued to progress. Yeah, look, it's it's a nice race and it comes at a good time. She's obviously started her season uh, in the Monster Oaks two weeks ago, uh, probably very much with an eye on this race. And uh, look, she she had a well documented tail of woe with that race last year, and it'd be great if she could go back and win it this time. Uh, do you think she can? She's in great form. She's got stronger from four to five. Uh, she was just ready to start there uh, t- 
two weeks ago or whatever it was last Friday week and uh, she seems to have come forward for it she had a little breeze yesterday and uh, she seems in great form and we're looking forward to the race on Saturday it was quite funny this time last year we were talking about you know you were mixing and matching with trips with her and you know she was very versatile and that's what she she kept getting good black type is she one of those that might be acquiring more pace as she gets stronger or or do you think she's going to end up wanting a bit further than the trip on on Sunday I know, I think she'll be okay at a mile and a quarter. She, she from four to five, surprised me in how much bigger and stronger she did get. Uh, we, She went after the sales at Newmarket last year. She went back to Lady Bamford's farm and had a break. And when she came back this season, she, she's got stronger and bigger and she's trained very well. Okay, so does that, did she actually working better than she did last year? Yeah, you know, she's not a filly that does a lot, you know, she does, she's not a big flash worker, so she just does what she has to do, but she's travelling and she's enjoying it and she seems to really enjoy the process very well this year. Okay, so if she is the squad leader this weekend, who else are you really looking forward to running at the car? We'll have three runners, we'll run Gunsberg, a two-year-old in the uh, early stud stakes on the Saturday as well. She won it down Royal last uh, last uh, Friday night and she'd been a good fourth on debut for us at the Curra to on Guineas weekend and we're looking forward to running her and we run a two-year-old tomorrow evening in the Philly seven furlong maiden first time out is she a flying machine ah, look she's a nice <laughs> filly she's ready to start hopefully she'll run a good race and, and improve flowers tell me a bit about her is she a nice, nice pedigree would she cost leap Philly came from Philly, Philly came from the breeze up she's by 10 sovereigns um Usually my two-year-olds come forward for their first run, but look, she's a nice filly. She's been working well, and we're looking forward to running her. All right, Paddy, good. we'll look forward to seeing you on the weekend. Appreciate it, Nick. Thank you. My thanks to Paddy Toomey. Now, the July Cup is not too far away. One of Europe's premier sprint races and the highlight of Newmarket's July Festival. That takes place a couple of Saturdays from now. And there was a, a couple of fairly significant defections from that race yesterday one of which was Highfield Princess and it looks like she will wait for those midsummer sprints that she won last year leaves Shaquille as the favourite a fellow three-year-old little big bear up there in the market but what about Cardem the Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee winner well he's not in the race at the moment but given that it's thinning out somewhat are connections tempted to have a go and supplement him I've been speaking to the the owner Jim and Fitry Hayes racing manager uh, Alex Cole and this is what he had to say about whether Cardem would take his chance in the July Cup. Well, having seen the um, the horses that remained in, I, th- I think he's got to have a go. The horse, um, quite honestly, he hates Dubai. If you take out all his Dubai form, in the last year, he's won a Group 3, a Group 2 and a Group 1 in the UK. Um, two of those over five and one over six. So I, th- I think he's um, justified in taking his chance. And he, he's got that five furlong pace, and, and sometimes that's a, a real um, a real bonus in a July Cup. They really fly down the, the, the first part of the, the, the track, and if the ground's quick, they could be doing that in 109 and, and, uh, and, or something like that. So it seems to me that he would, have, he would have a lot of the right attributes for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, Charlie Hills did something I, I wouldn't have done and took the blinkers off, and in my opinion, why, if it ain't broke, don't, don't try and fix it. He won the uh, King George at Goodwood wearing blinkers over five furlongs, but he took them off and decided to go six, and um, the rest is history. But, yeah, I mean, listen, the horse and Jamie Spencer are made for each other. He'd need to be well in himself, um, and he'd need quick ground. Okay, but, you know, you've obviously got to make a decision, you know, hopeful of the weather rather than knowing exactly what it's going to be. So at this stage, you think the inclination is 
given how much money Jim Hay said he won the other day as well on the race, the inclination is to, to play some of that up and, and go for the July Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we have to supplement till the 10th of July, which is five days. So um, we'd have a, a good idea of what the ground's going to be like then. Okay. And in terms of how much of a surprise it was for you, the owner, obviously, it wasn't a surprise to him. What did you realistically think you were going to get when you went into the race? We, we thought we'd run in, <clears throat> we'd have a very good chance of running into a place. He, um, as I say, he just, he hates Dubai. Um, we've taken him there twice. I think Shabwell took him there once. And he's underperformed dramatically every time. But if you, um, as I say, if you look at his, his British form, he won the Palace House last year. He won the King George. He was then third at Salisbury under quite a significant penalty needing the race. Um, and um, we decided to have a crack at um, the uh, Queen Elizabeth knowing that he'd run a good race. I, I couldn't believe the price of him on the day. Well, 80 to 1 he was, 80 to 1 he won. Roll on the July Cup. Alex, thanks so much for your time. Wonderful. Thanks, Nick. All right, Alex Cole, racing manager to Fitri Hay, in whose silks Cardin runs. I can quite understand why they're having a go, Jane. What do you make of the race as a whole? Yeah, um, arguably the, the premier sprint where the, the olders meet the, the classic generation. Um I wonder if I feel Princess okay. I'm surprised that she's out. She's had obviously a busy week. Maybe they're just giving her a little bit of a break. But um, Shaquille is shot to the top of the market. Little Big Bear. Did he run his true ability last week? Well, I would be questioning questioning whether he's better than what we saw. If he is, then maybe three to one is a good price about him. Um, Kinross Art Power. Royal Acclaim. Is she better than what we've seen this season? I was expecting a lot more from her on her three-year-old form. So, yeah, there's probably a few horses that have yet to really flourish and uh, show us what they're really capable of. I, I suspect if there is a time that Little Big Bear is going to turn on the style, it's going to be in the July Cup. Um, I've just got the feeling that he was just a... He ran all right to Ascot, didn't he? And I know that sounds cruel to say about a horse who's finished a perfectly good second, but... You knew how spectacular he was as a two-year-old. And he just hasn't quite got there, even in those last two starts, for, for my money. But if he if he yeah. is going to turn it on, you know Aiden's got one day ringed in the calendar for a sprinter, don't you? And it's the it's the July Cup. That's for sure. And he's he's turned out the likes of 10 Sovereigns and US Navy flag to win that race off the back of four runs. And I'm not saying for an instant that the Commonwealth run was poor, but I do think he might potentially be better than that um then we have to mention azure blue for michael dodds brilliant in her two starts this season and could kinross throw up this banner into the works so yeah the july cup is is on the horizon you know how sprints really get me excited but uh yeah how's desert crown well indeed how is desert crown desert crown apparently is fine he's back cantering again and he's uh, or he's back trotting again he'll step up his work shortly and then they'll they'll try and get a bit bit of work into him in the next couple of weeks but he'll have missed Three weeks work, I suppose, serious work. Maybe nearly a month by the time by the time they do a piece of work with him again. Uh, so where would you aim him? Obviously, the problem wasn't that serious. I think they scanned him and all the scans were clear, even though he was presenting as a bit sore. So I think he was, he was leaving them with a bit of a head scratcher, Jane. Yeah, he, he is a bit of a head scratcher because nobody really knows when he has an issue what the issue is. But he's missed three weeks. It's now the beginning of July, you could say, by the time he starts back cantering. And the King George is on the 29th. So that would probably be the obvious target. Although they have expressed their desire to go back to 10 furlongs with him. But um, 
he's a supremely good horse. He's obviously been fragile, and um, I hope I hope he gets a chance to show himself against the current three-year-old generation and show that that Epsom Derby win is something out of the ordinary because he looks special but he needs to back it up you can't do it once one flash in the pan doesn't cut it anymore yeah i'm interested to see what the path is with emily upjohn beyond the eclipse she's odds on favorite for the eclipse at the moment we'll find out later today whether frankie dottori gets his a a ban for careless riding at ascot not his whip ban his careless riding ban reduced enough to rider he needs it effectively semi-recategorized to get the ban taken down from nine days to four days in order to be able to ride her in the coral eclipse so you know, I've no idea whether that's a, a likelihood or not. Um, and that's a separate conversation. But I, I wonder if that all goes well and she runs well or wins the eclipse. I wonder what John Gosden's got in his mind because he's talking about the judgment for Mostadaf. Given that she didn't run very well in the King George last year and it comes quite quickly off the back of the eclipse, does he go there and try and right that wrong with Emily up, John? Or does he does he wait and, and give her a mid-season break and, and push her into into something like the Velme and train her up for the arc. I I don't know. What would you do? I'd go to the Irish Champion Stakes. Ah, of course you would. Of course I would. What Look, a silly I, question. I think she'd probably go to the Judmont. Um, Mustadaf or no Mustadaf. She's got her own owners and that's probably the right race for her. But if I, 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 I again, it's so boring. I'd love to see her end up in the arc. And she stays a mile and a half. I don't know what the ground is going to be like, but... Give her a crack, ten furlongs, but then aim her for the for the pièce de résistance in Paris. And if Dottori doesn't win this appeal today, um, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Who would you like to ride, Emily, in the Coral Eclipse? It's not about who I would like; it's who I think will ride her. And it's well, I mean, okay, you could you can answer the question any which way you want. Really, you can say who you'd like to and, and who you think will. Um, it's, it's it's a it's a free hit, really. It's a free hit. Well. The only jockey to have ridden her other than Frankie Dettori is Rob Havlin. He rode her on debut when she won her maiden in November of her two-year-old year. Um, but my head tells me the association with Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, tells me that maybe William Buick might be the uh, obvious option given his association with the owners and the fact that he mightn't be uh, needed by Charlie Appleby on the day. Okay. And you wouldn't think that the Gosens might might throw the ball to one of the one of the younger team members and say, show us what you're made of. Or is it too, they, big, they, is it, is it too big a stage, do you think, to do that? They may well do that. And I have absolutely no idea. I just, that was, that was what I was thinking. Now, Jane, I believe you are sitting next to Simon Kerens from Tattersall's Island, who's going to slide in and you're going to slide out and he's going to, he's going to have a quick word with us. Hi, Simon. Just having my breakfast uh, quickly before I go and see my first session of horses. This um, Jane was giving us a pretty good pricey of this at the top of the show. Uh, what's it been like from a, from a tax perspective? She was talking quite a bit about how how pricey those foals were in in that sort of weird COVID year and and the the, the impact that might have had. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's a sort of reoccurring theme though that every year the foals are too expensive. Um, <clears throat> so I suppose it all depends how they fare when they're sold as three year olds, but. Um, uh, Look, yes, some people, I suppose, compared to what they paid for them as foals and what they got for them yesterday, I suppose, there was, uh, you know, there wasn't a great margin, but um, some good returns as well. I mean, look, I work for a sales company. I'm always about spinning a positive message about results and about sales and about 
with winners. So, um, yeah, look, there was goods and bads about the sales. Yes, about the sale yesterday. I think it was positives. Um, you know, I think the first couple of hours of the sale yesterday was a little bit quieter, um, but it got progressively stronger throughout the day. Brilliant, Simon. I'll let you get back to your breakfast and uh, and a busy day. Uh, good luck for the for this afternoon. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Well, if you were with us on the podcast yesterday, you'll have uh, heard about a, an excellent charitable venture in aid of, of racing welfare involving some of the team from Cheltenham, climbing four of the most fearsome peaks in Britain and Ireland. Good luck to them as they face some pretty treacherous conditions over the last few days. The pictures from Scarfell Pike yesterday, well, as I said yesterday, rather them than me, but a, a wonderful cause. And racing welfare is very much in the spotlight this week because this week is racing staff week around the country. I'm really pleased to welcome Adam Ferguson to the show to to tell us a little bit more. Adam, how's it all going? Yeah, it's all gone really well. It's been very supported, very well supported this week. I think we've we've got um, quite a lot of activity going on throughout the week, and obviously this is the the seventh renewal of of the week itself. And um, we're very lucky and fortunate that it's continued to be supported by Betfair from um, from the get go, really. And it's it's really a focus on um, showcasing all of the roles, the dedication and commitment from behind the scenes that, that go on from um, race racing staff from that could be from sort of stood or stable staff to race course staff, the media and, and all the roles in between really. So it's a really successful week up until now. That's fantastic. Just, just give me a couple of examples of, of what you might've expected this week that you wouldn't in any ordinary one. Yeah. So I suppose we, we carry out quite a lot of community events and initiatives anyway throughout the week, but um and, and generally throughout the year. But I think this week is really a condensed effort of all of that um, activity and initiative. So um, we've got five charity races that, that take place throughout the week, um, three that have already happened, two that are, are left to run today. So we've we've got one taking place at, at Newcastle on the first day of the plate, day, um, plate meeting. And then we've got one again this evening at, at Nottingham Racecourse. So um, them them charity races are really something that yeah we do we do host throughout the year. But actually to have five condensed into one week is something that that's really been quite a bit of a mammoth effort to pull off. But but hopefully really successful. And we've we've already seen the benefits of them when when chatting to some of the riders after the race and the lead up to the race about um, the the impact that they've had on them and really being able to see the the positive impacts that that's having on people's well being, but also allowing people to develop within their roles and develop their skills as well so the the charity races are very much one part of what we do but um the other element that, that's happening throughout race and staff week is the rest of our community engagement initiatives so um for instance we we had a a, a game of rounders take place in in midland that, that normally would have sort of 30 or 40 people attend and i think because of the the vehicle of racing staff week it's enabled us to have over 100 members of staff actually attend and, and enjoy that and i think the the main part of racing staff week is obviously to celebrate the staff and to celebrate all them roles but actually it's a really valuable mechanism for us to to pro- um, to really inform people about the work that we do, but also to to raise our profile in the process and make sure that as many people that work within the industry are aware of the support that's on offer to them. Adam, thanks so much. Adam Ferguson there from Racing Welfare. Racing Staff Week continues through Saturday, the 1st of July, and is generously sponsored by Betfair. My thanks to Adam. Now, this Saturday is one of the great races in South Africa, a race with a great heritage, great history. It's the one that everybody wants to win, the Durban July in Greyville. And on the grounds for us this week is Liz Price. 
I'm at Summerfeld Training Centre in Durban, South Africa, and I've just come across no other than legendary jockey Michael Roberts, who was champion jockey in England in 1992 and who is now a trainer here and who is now aiming to become the fourth person to have ridden and trained the winner of the Durban July. So, Michael, you train a horse called See It Again. Tell us a little bit about that horse. Well, he's, um, you know, he's uh, uh, slow maturing. You know, he didn't do much as a two-year-old and he came into his own house as a three-year-old and he's still on the up, I believe. And he's about twice over. He's three parts brother to a horse called Do It Again. Yeah, that won two Julys already. And so, you know, we're all excited. You know, at the moment, he's the uh, best three-year-old in, in you know, South Africa over a trip. And, you know, he's doing very well. So we've, we're really hopeful. And remind us, so you, as I said, you were as a South African, you came to England, you rode there, you were champion jockey. You then started training. Tell us about your setup here in Durban. Well, you know, um, you know, when I was forced to, you know, turn up in, you know, in England out of accident, uh, I came back home and um, I started training. And you know, now we at Summerfeld here, you know, at, at the only training centre we got um, in Durban, and uh, you know, we we got fifty horses in our care, and uh, you know, all all things are going good. And this is a really important race, isn't it, in the calendar of South Africa yes. racing? Yes, for South Africa, you know, this is our, our Epsom Derby, for instance, you know, or the Melbourne Cup in Australia, you know, uh, it, it's the biggest, it's the most popular, and wherever you go in a country, I think, in a, you know, uh, people will talk about the July, you know, so now it's a Hollywood bet, July, but um, it's a very important race, uh, you know, for us, and I think that any jockey or trainer that you speak to, or even owners, they'll say, if it's one, pick one race in South Africa you'd like to win, they would say the July. And tell me, obviously you had an amazing career as a, as a jockey. How do you enjoy training now? Much tougher. I must say, you know, I was very blessed. I got, got onto some very good horses, you know, throughout my career in South Africa and in the UK, especially in the UK with that great horse, Matoto, that I found with the late Alex Stewart. He was very special. And um, so, you know, Indian Schema was a brilliant filly that, you know, I sort of picked up towards the end of um, uh, her career. And, uh, you know, no, you know, I was really blessed in England and, you know, I really enjoyed my English racing. It was fantastic and, you know, met some great people, rode for some great owners and um, worked with fantastic trainers and do you still t stay in touch with people in england do you follow racing in england yes you know i like to follow it you know obviously you know uh, the big the big meetings like the royal ascot we've just been and you know and uh, so no you know we still got quite a few friends still in england and when you know we keep in touch obviously yes and i think you did ride for the for uh, did you ride for queen elizabeth yes very uh, yes on on quite a few occasions i, I think we ride about I think four or five winners for her and you know met her on a few occasions as well which is obviously a, you know for me it was you know one of the highlights of my career and you know she you know i actually enjoyed chatting to her after matota because he told me so much about his um his, 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 uh, his sire uh, busted you know that um, you know and she you know she reminded me that uh, that busted um, raced very much in the same style you know coming from behind as what uh, matota was doing at the time and just tell me, what would it mean to you to win the Durban July? A very special, I must say. You know, uh, you know, training is tough, and you know, you're, you know, you're, uh, you know, we, you know, we're all looking for the, you know, that, that elusive one. And you know, you know, eventually, I, you know, I got, you know, I've had quite a few Group Two and Group One, uh, three tra um, um, winners, and and so, but you know, you know, to find, you know, 
a group one horse of this caliber is special and you know no and i it would be you know the highlight probably of my training career you know and and you know probably you know I've all, all my life has been in racing so you know it'll be very special well we wish you all the best for Saturday, for this saturday That's thank so you kind. michael thank you very much oh, i really enjoyed that thanks so much to liz price talking to michael mouse roberts in south africa ahead of what could be the biggest day of his training career and those of us who are a little bit older uh, will have very fond memories of Michael riding for uh, Sheikh Mohammed latterly, but for, for all sorts of people, Clive Britton and others in the UK, and, and having such success, um, most notably on um, Toto. All right, uh, we have uh, one last uh, mission to accomplish on today's podcast, and that is to get a selection from Jane Mangan. A tentative selection from Newmarket today. George Bowie has been prolific with Wildside. She's running off a six-pound penalty after winning her last three. She's still in handicap company over a mile at 4.45. So go to Newmarket, Wildside, and hopefully she'll bring up a four-timer. All right, Jane, thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Thursday, June the 29th. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.